0: Learn more at Marines.com.
1: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. Stories of that game and what happened in the clubhouse. Was, was fantastic. There's no game that can bleep you like this one. It's Voicey on Baseball. Let's go, man.
0: North Twin Show, Royce on baseball, Patrick Roycey and Derek Wetmore here with you, I'm in St. Paul in the Humbert Studios, Pat's holding down the fort in Golden Valley, Pat how are you today sir?
2: Just fine. I'm uh, sitting out on the deck. It's uh, I don't know what's the temperature. It's got to be in the fifties. The uh, cardinals are out here just uh, whistling up a storm. I think they all got their uh, eye on the same young lady because they're trying to. Uh, they're trying to. <laughs> Is that what they're the doing? here. Okay. But there's uh, there's a lot about here today. That's good. I like to see them. Uh, I like to see birds. It's uh, we we had our we had our annual early spring run of robins, but now they've disappeared. But we got the cardinals. Yeah.
0: Nice. Anyway. Um, hey Pat, you guys finished up your uh, five days of. Oh, I think you finish it up. Maybe a, be extended no, by popular demand. I, I'm, doing the, oh, I'm doing the whole. I'm doing the Oh
2: good. Uh, I got two more to go. I got two more to go. It's. Uh, I think I'm wearing some people out though. I'm starting to get okay. That's enough. Let's knock it off. And uh, that's the trouble. If we dived in to do this. Uh, thing in the Star Tribune, we had to do the whole seven games. So, yeah. uh, you know, we okay. could, I guess we could have said there were two rainouts.
0: <laughs> I mean, there
2: were only six games, but I wanted to do an off day one. So, uh, it, to, to make it the whole homestand. Sure. So, this could have been done straight and not the whole premise that these games were being played. A, a very soft premise, by the way, that uh, <laughs> these games were being played at Target Field. Uh, but uh, I, I didn't want to write it. straight. I was sick of writing. Boy, this was a great game, you know. So I, uh, I, 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 they wanted me to do this, and I threw this at them, and they said, Eah. okay. I, you know what I found
0: <laughs> out though, Derek? What's that?
2: You know, what in like, oh man, twenty years ago, probably before the internet, before social media, uh, but you know. So twenty five years ago, when you had sat there, you just laid it out there, man. You just threw it out there. And it, you just tried to make it outrageous enough that people knew it was set there. Now we got to label it. <laughs> uh, now, now we pretty much have to tell them in advance that uh, you know, because I wanted headlines on it like Twins win, o-, Twins lose opener six nothing. Yeah, or, you know, just leave it, leave it stand there. But we, and I think that's probably a product of the internet because then it gets circulated and it stays there forever, and then people, you know, then it becomes. People look at it and they think it's fact. Yeah. Know, uh, later on in life. So we're much, I, I, A, I don't think we have as much appetite for satire. We do have an appetite for visual satire, you know, on Twitter and stuff. But I don't think we have as much appetite for, uh, printed satire as we used to have, which is okay. But I remember writing a column. Well, when, when did Holtz leave? Holtz left here in 85, right? And the whole thing about, I want to, you know, Notre Dame, Sister Mary Harriet used to sing, have to sing the Notre Dame Rouser when we marched out of school and, you know, Notre Dame had always been his dream, saying, going back to St. Aloysius grade school in what, East Liverpool, Ohio, or wherever he's from. And, uh, so then the Texas job opened up like four years later and I wrote, that, I wrote that Lou was going to Texas, you know, and used the whole send up from what it was a complete send-up from when he left here for Notre Dame that he, you know, the he uh, had met somebody who in grade school always gave him the hook 'em horns and the whole thing like that. And, <laughs> and but we never we never gave a hint that this was BS. You just had to, uh, you just had to, you know, realize it was BS. But now we uh, we we can't we can't do that. And I guess that's. Understandable.
0: Well, the only time yeah. I remember, Pat, you got in trouble – not in trouble, but you got uh, this satire thing. It was starting to become clear it was not uh, – the, the audience was not necessarily receptive to it. When Bo Ryan left Wisconsin and you said your sources were telling you that Richard Petino was next in line, because <laughs> oh, yes. you were joking that he was taking every job in the country at that time. Oh,
2: yes, right. Uh, yeah, we've had uh, – our favorite one on that one was we found this little prop plane when the Iowa State job opened up, and we had him at Iowa State and send his private plane in to pick up Petito, and we had a picture of this little private prop this little tiny prop plane that had Richard <laughs> going to Ames. But I think people figure it out after a while, but uh, Twitter's different. I think you can
0: on,
2: on on Twitter, but you can't... Uh,
0: you know, in in
2: printed in a yeah. in a publication because this, this stuff lives forever, you know.
0: So. And one of the uh, aggregators picked up that patino as a report because you're a newspaper man, so clearly <laughs> oh, yes. you must have oh, information.
2: Yes, 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 that's true. That oh that happened yeah, oh, Yeah. One of the all timers was uh uh the uh pack, the Vikings defeated the Packers at the Metrodome, uh, last second play. Jim McMahon, they were going to get beat. Jim McMahon was the quarterback, and all of a sudden, Eric Gulliver, who caught one pass in his Viking territory, in his Viking career, was wide open, like 30 yards down the field. And, and that Terrell Buckley, I think, was the defensive back, and he threw it to him and. Gilliford ran it down about the five yard line. The Vikings kicked the field goal to win the game. It was like, the, and the Packer fans were convinced that somehow the guy had sneaked onto the field. <laughs> <until> <laughs> didn't cover. So about three days later, we had docu- we found we found stuck stuck uh, stuck on a, some document from Dennis Gill you know, a court document. This was when Denny was in one of his lawsuits, and it was a it was stuck on a court document that the star tribune uncovered with a snicker bar stuff, you know, it was like uh, stuff from a Milky Way or a snicker bar. Uh, was, and it showed the diagram of how Gulliver uh, snuck out of the field. And we had an artist, artist, the <laughs> <laughs> diagram. And that, uh, and, that, uh, whoever the quadre Israel you know, went over and hit behind Denny. And then, uh, Gullivers, we we had the whole thing. Yeah, and some radio station in Appleton, Wisconsin picked it up as oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's,
0: it's Now, been confirmed. Hey, they might whether they knew or not, Pat. That's four <laughs> solid days of radio. <laughs> no, that's,
2: right.
0: that's amazing. So, uh, so, and
2: that's again, there was no. What if this actually? We didn't even have like. What if this actually happened?
0: Right. We just did just it. throw it out. So. Well, Pat, yeah. Judd, and I did a twin show last week, and we weren't a hundred percent certain. But after your day one of these mythical columns, uh, we considered sending over a welfare check to Golden Valley. It sounds it's good to hear that you're doing okay. When you said uh, in that column, Nolan Ryan was on the mound.
2: Yeah, a lot of people are uh, having a little trouble with the whole concept.
0: You said the uh, imagination thrives while quarantining. I didn't
2: write the editor's notes. If if, if it had been me, Uh. it wouldn't have been an editor's (laughs) note. We would have just put down on the bottom, this game was
0: played, such and such. Yeah, 45 years
2: ago. You know me and my my relationship with readers. That's your problem. That's not mine. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard that one once or twice. Tomorrow I'll give you a heads up. We got uh, Johan seventeen strikeouts, which are, which right. are occurring Tues, which are occurring Tuesday at Target Field. Can't wait. You know, it's uh, it certainly is something that would have never taken place. Every time we have a pandemic that shuts down America, we can try something. Else. Get
0: a little creative. <laughs> Well, the only for any listener who has not yet seen the series, here's all I can give you to be sort of a carrot on the stick, entice you to go. You wrote about Puckett's six hits. It was against the Brewers. And here's yes. uh, here's Pat's, basically his closer. You can find it in the Star Tribune sports section uh, online, StarTribune.com slash sports. Uh, with all the Puckett heroics, the Twins did require a two-run pinch single from Gene Larkin off Plesek, Dan Plesek. Uh, to break a 6-6 six, six tie in the eighth. The switch-hitting Larkin has never had a bigger pinch hit in the majors and probably never will, at least not right-handed.
2: <laughs> yeah, see, now, if you don't know, he won the World Series in 1991, left-handed pinch hit, then that falls for <laughs> the class. But
0: <laughs> well, that's again, okay. That's your that's problem. Your problem. <laughs> in fact, Pat, I think we just found the title of this podcast episode. <laughs> that's your problem.
2: So I talked to the glad man today. Yeah, how's uh, he doing? Another circumstance, he's in Arizona. He went, to, he went to Arizona for uh, when camp got broke up early. Yeah, and he's still stranded down there. Oh gosh! No, I, no, he came home on the twins flight, and then his tenant bailed on him. He's got a house down there. His yeah. tenant bailed on him. So then, then he went down there and. Now, St. Janice won't let him come home unless he's willing to be quarantined for two weeks. So he's staying in Arizona. But, uh, he's, the, the word down there is, if, and, and this is probably out there, is if they play empty stadium games, they're likely to be, start in Arizona. Uh, and they, that's where they will have them play because of, because of travel. Uh, yep. You know, you have all the teams in a congested area and uh the games will all be played they won't be in Fort Myers jumping on buses driving to Jupiter
0: no like no that. yeah if so they're... They
2: that if they if they play like 2 weeks 3 weeks of no fan games now it'll be in the heat but uh they can play night games you know
0: yeah and a,
2: it'll it'll be in Arizona probably and uh we talked last week and the week before and this was a bad idea but uh i I don't think we're gonna be able to wait for the celebration of a full stadium like again, do you? I don't
0: think, I think that's coming July first, like we talked two weeks ago, Pat.
2: No, no, if they're gonna play play' if they're gonna play a month of games you know, before you know, even before the middle of July, uh, you know, they're gonna to have to do it in an empty ballparks probably.
0: Yeah, so there was a um, report I
2: mean, this is for T V. This is for right. this is for F S N. This is for uh, you know and and these these sports outlets that you know the regional sports networks and stuff hell they'll be able to let put put a bunch of trucks down there in the in the same area and you know just fly in their t v crews they won't all have to have to be spread out all over the country. It'll be uh, cost-saving cost and give them something to put
0: on TV. Yeah, I guess so. It's probably going to happen. There was a report in The Athletic over the weekend, Pat, and maybe their source was uh, the dazzle man, Dan Gladden, but that there is this consideration that all teams start their season in Arizona. You know, neutral site, I guess, except for the D-backs. Um, all teams there, cut down on travel, no fans in attendance, and then you start getting into it as a what-if scenario, and there still seem to be, to me, a ton of logistical hurdles like media and, you know, players, are, yeah. are they allowed to go out at night, or do you go right to the hotel and back to the ballpark? There, there are a whole bunch of questions, to me, left unanswered.
2: Well, I think Arizona is still, a, before you can do that, the, the, I, the, do they have, a like we have, do they have shelter in place going on down there yet or not?
0: I will have I mean, to check on if that. If they
2: got shelter, if they got if they still have that thing going, they they can't play baseball down there. Then, I mean, no. It, it obviously, if this is going to occur, the whole pressure of this thing is going to have to let up on on uh, you know a lot of areas of the country, don't you? think?
0: Right, and they that mean, was it? one of the agreements between the owners and the players union. They basically said, "Hey, all these bans on gatherings and stuff and travel bans, yeah. that's got to go before we play again."
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As so, of this
0: morning, Pat, there were only nine states that had not yet issued a shelter in place or something similar anyway, like Minnesota's is more stay-at-home, not quite as strict as, say, New York's, uh, don't go anywhere, don't do anything.
2: Now, my virus expert tells me
0: that heat
2: is bad for the virus. The virus doesn't like heat.
0: That was a so, theory. I don't know if not, this is... Not true. Well... Dubious, uh, is how I would say. The uh, European Union's, uh, whatever their disease center is, like our CDC, uh, they said that mm-hmm. there's some research out there that says this is uh, not as susceptible to the heat like the common flu or, you know, influenza might not take out hold in July. Uh, not quite so mm-hmm. sure about this one.
2: Mm. Well, that's uh, – I'm sitting here uh, right now looking at the pool cover and – I, I'm I, I'm sure that the pool guy wants to open this baby up, but uh, I might have to stand guard here and make sure that uh, I I don't know what what if you got a backyard pool, what's the deal? We had a birthday party for the granddaughter yesterday, and uh,
0: and had uh, it out in the driveway,
2: and stayed. Uh, appropriate number of feet apart.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what you can do. It was a good day
2: for a birthday. It was a good day for a uh, driveway. Oh, it
0: was just beautiful this weekend, Pat. (laughs) That is, uh, you said it last week, it's the saving grace.
2: I got back March 5th. There's been no winter. We had no winter since I came back. March 5th. Wow. By the way, as I'm sitting here in the backyard, I've been trying to figure out what this flag was across the way from me two blocks over. I could see out the back because we don't have any leaves yet. Yeah, of course. And I thought, I might, I mean, this might be like uh, some testimonial to America and stay in there kind of a flag because I haven't seen it before. It's a great big Packers flag. Oh. <laughs> so more or less. Whoever that neighbor is over there, I don't know them. They just want to hope that there's football. They don't care about any of the rest of us. They just want football.
0: Well, they're probably an owner, Pat. Yeah that's, yeah, they, they, they um, yeah, that's true. They got their slip of paper. One other thing on the athletic, and I do want to save time today, Pat, to go visit a random Twins team from the past. Um, if you've got your uh, media guide handy in the backyard or not, I know you're – you're a steel trap, so I'm not worried about if you got the paper reference. Oh, I reference.
2: forgot that, so, but I can do a couple off my top of my head.
0: Yeah, I figured so. you might be able to. Uh, so I do want to save some time for that, but I'll say there was a, a good piece that I would recommend anyone uh, looking for more information on baseball restarting and stuff. Andy McCullough, one of my favorites over the years, wrote a piece uh, for The Athletic. What happens if baseball is back and the player tests positive? And, and it's an unanswerable question, of course.
2: I, I Did you see that? the NFL guy basically said that as long as one person is testing positive and we got to shut down everything around him and everywhere he's been yeah then we can't play yeah I, can't mean, play. I
0: saw that yeah from a consultant NFL yeah. doctor but there's just that that just seems so far off in the distance to me i mean that's i i know
2: is, is there, uh, uh, is that what we're waiting for? Do we have to eradicate it?
0: Well, yeah, I guess before we
2: play. I mean, if there's some guy in uh, Pueblo, Colorado, can the can the uh, can the Rockies play a baseball game?
0: Well, I so the answer I think would be yes. However, where it gets logistically complicated, and, and the piece does a really good job of just going through this thought experiment as we're doing now, that. Yeah if, if if one guy were to test positive then what would you do and if the answer is shut her down completely then you and got a question might restarting
2: not start. yeah and don't start
0: until there's a better answer to what would happen in that case and how could you ensure the safety of not only the team and the you know personnel, but also so, the public. I so think
2: we can broadcast the uh, the pregame thermometer of taking, the temperature taking. I <laughs> you know have everybody have everybody line up out there, and uh, you know you got the FSN cameras there. <laughs> Now's the drama: of who's going to get to play tonight?
0: <laughs> oh, no, he can't no.
2: play tonight because his temperature is a hundred point five. But, you know,
0: sponsored by 3M. <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Now he can play, but he's got to wear a mask.
0: Sure. All right. Okay. How's
2: the mask? How's the mask going to be uh, for first? Swing
0: it, you Unbelievable,
2: know?
0: Um, Pat. Yeah. Be- before we do get to your random uh, sports or Twins team from the past, I do want to get in a read for our friends from Ronald McDonald House. Um, as you may have heard, Pat Score North has partnered with Ronald McDonald House Charities Upper Midwest to help ensure that our area children continue to receive the meals and care that they need during the coronavirus outbreak. Thanks to Louisa Rise and the twins, one lucky person who makes a donation of any amount will receive a signed Louisa Rise jersey. Your contribution enables Ronald McDonald House Charities Upper Midwest to continue to provide critical services to families dealing with a child's health crisis. Those services include overnight accommodations, complimentary meals, fully stocked pantries, laundry, and more. To donate... Please visit scorenorth.com, keyword donate. Pat, of the twins teams in the past, I'll give you a choice here. You can either go with the 1965 team that I had our guys uh, riled up about last week, or you can pick a random team of your choice, and we'll save the, the boys of 65 for another week. What would you like to do, sir?
2: I am going to do, I covered, I was a beat guy for five years is all. I mean, I did a lot of road trips after that, but 74 to 78. I love those guys. But my favorite team from that period is obviously the nineteen seventy seven Twins. Ah. Uh who who had uh Peru, Heisel, Bostock, uh Mock's uh, second year as manager. they uh seventy six they made the trade for Blylevin, Smalley. You know, they traded Blylevin, they got Smalley back and a couple other players. Uh Mock uh platooned at uh, this is when you got 15 position players and 10 pitchers. You know, mock platooned vir- in virtually everywhere. Uh, he, he platooned all over the place, and then you had that those studs in the middle. You had Disco Danny Ford of course, who was one of the great. Oh, the hawk just came flying by. Those Cardinals won't like that man. They'll oh, be no. uh, Very upset.
0: The mice better scatter.
2: We got the neighborhood. Uh, the neighborhood uh, hawk. Okay, to make sure everything go quiet on you.
0: <laughs> and, and, this has never so happened everyone, on Ricey Baseball team, or the Twins show.
2: But that team was, uh, you know, just, this is, you know, you could play a 16 to 12 game in three hours and 20 minutes, you know. It, yeah. it wasn't a five-hour game like the Yankees and the Twins last year. Uh, so it didn't drive you crazy, but that team was great. To cover because a they could hit like crazy. I mean they were unbelievable how good they were. They were they got 35 hits in Boston on in one doubleheader, 24 hits in one game. Wow. But But uh, but the uh, White Sox were you know that was Bill Vec went out and signed all these free agents. The one before signed all these guys who were gonna be free agents or got these Richie Zisk and Oscar Gamble and all these guys. Who were only going to be there for one year? They were the South Side Hitmen, and Comiskey Park was jumping, and uh, the the Twins were you know drawing like they hadn't drawn in years for that team, and they had some of the great brawls of all time. Twins went down there. They they came here on June 26th, and uh, that's the famous crew game where yeah. he goes up over to 406. He goes to 406. Glenn Adams, nineteen to twelve games, Stu leads drunk climbs the left field foul pole as a raucous youth. And uh nineteen <laughs> twelve. Nineteen twelve and uh Glenn Adams gets eight RBIs, blah blah blah. Well the twins go back there the next weekend to South to Chicago. You know, the twins I think were three ahead. They lost four in three days, they went out one behind. But uh there was a Sunday doubleheader, game one of the Sunday doubleheader. Twins are going to win, and Disco Danny Ford forgets his sunglasses, and the ball drops. He looks up into the sun. He can't see the ball, and the White Sox end up rallying. Oh, Mock is just steam coming off his head between games, man. I poke my head in to talk to him and turn right around. And walked
0: out. <laughs> so I'll get you after the and second man. one.
2: The pitch they just ran out of pitching. I mean Dave Goltz was good but they just didn't have enough pitching. They ran out of pitching in August and limped to the finish, but uh, man, that team could hit and they were entertaining guys, good guys, uh, and uh you know that was that's probably the favorite that's my favorite team I ever covered, one of my favorite twins teams. I mean that was the year Rodney was on Time and Sports Illustrated, the cover of Time magazine and Sports Illustrated the yeah. same week. Wow. When they thought he was going to hit 400, yeah. he ended up at 380. Yeah, well, he played 156 games that year, and he traditionally hadn't played that many. He was uh, he was uh, fantastic, and, and he was barely their best player. Heisel and Posnack were both great too.
0: He finished at 388 average, but it is remembered that's as one that's of that's the last summers of chasing 400.
2: Oh, was 200. And how many hits? Two, three, two. 220-something,
0: right? Hit, uh, hits 239 hits.
2: 239 hits, yeah. Well, he also, the only year he knocked in 100 and scored a, I think he scored 100 and knocked in 114, or the other way around, he scored 114 and knocked in 100, I can't remember.
0: Bostic was, was just one hit short of 200 as well that summer, to oh, your yeah. point.
2: Yeah, yeah, he
0: was a monster. You
2: know, got murdered a year later, just, yeah. What a great guy too. He was he was a foot. he was my one of my all time favorite. Toys. Is that right? He was a character. He was a character. He got. Do uh, we got how much time we got left? We yeah,
0: got, we got a right. few minutes.
2: Oh yeah, there's Lyman. I, I think I have told the story. Obviously, I've told every story I've ever told before. But uh, uh, Lyman was out and for. Jay Paul didn't send me to L.A. for a series. They were cut back that summer or something. I like think. They might have been a year earlier. No, that was that summer. And uh, they didn't send me to L.A. for a series in Anaheim. must have been all-night games or something. And the story popped on the L.A. Times of Lyman ripping the Twins and saying he couldn't wait to get out, right? Yeah. And, and so we picked it up. On, we The St. Paul paper, we had the L.A. Times wire, so we picked it up off the L.A. Times wire. So they come flying in on a red-eye. uh that either Charter or Red Eye, I don't know, but they get in like at 6 8 o'clock in the morning, 5.30 in the morning. Lyman grabs the paper to see what they're saying about it. He was a very sensitive kid. He didn't want to get booed, you know. 6 o'clock in the morning, my phone rings in Prior Lake, and it's him. Said, who is he? Brooksy. I said, who the hell is this? He says, Lyman. I said, hey, good him or something. He says, did you see this story in the paper? You got a- you got to help me out here. He says, you got to help me out. So he gave me this story. I would have misquote all the DS about Hosebis. Yeah, blah, yeah. Blah, 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 I love the Twins fans and stuff, and I cranked it out for the afternoon dispatch. We still had an afternoon dispatch. I cranked it out for so the yeah, afternoon dispatch. Lyman apologizes for misunderstanding.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: The, the hardest thing wasn't, right, that it was convincing the, our uh, our desk of lazy old-timers to put it in the paper.
0: Yes, and we did in there. I got
2: a story for <laughs> you, you know, we don't want to. That's like uh, Bob Fowler was the St. Paul writer, and he uh, was out being around her one night in Oakland, and... Harmon and Tony Oliva, this is early '70, 70, probably '71, are both at the front desk checking out, like at quarter to five, and and Rog Fowler says, "What the hell are you guys doing?" And they said, "Oh, Harmon says I fouled the ball off my toe and I think I broke it, and it was it gave Harmon the rest trouble the rest of his life, and Tony mm-hmm. had died for a ball. Tony so had died for a ball in Oakland and basically ruined his knee for life. It was already bad, but it ruined it. So there they are, the KO punch. <laughs> the the heart and soul of the Twins, they're both heading for the airport. With, one is limping on one leg and the other's limping on the other leg. And just because he was out carousing, Hop Fowler has the scoop, right, for the afternoon paper. Nobody else knows this. And he calls up the desk at the dispatch and says, uh, "Hey, I got this story." And I said, "Ah, give us three graphs—the
0: <laughs> <laughs> story of the decade for the twins. So,
2: so,
0: give us so three what graphs."
2: In, so when I called in with my uh, with my postdoc scoop, I I was a surprise. They didn't say, "Ah, who cares?" You know, give us three
0: graphs, <laughs> or maybe write it for tomorrow. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, right in f that'll
2: be a good that'll be a good story
1: for
0: the final question. Kilabru Oliva uh should get at least three graphs, I would think. Uh Pat, I look forward to next week on Roycey Picks a Random Twins team and talks about it because I do eventually want to get to this nineteen sixty five and, and the whole Dodgers drama and all of this. I know you weren't on the beat yet, but I'm sure you got some memories of that year too. Oh yeah.
2: I was at I was at game six in the left field, uh my brother and I had, I had four tickets and we got that was game six when Butt Cad hit is over on the Twins, so Mudcat's home run landed about five rows away from us, and we had four tickets. and We managed to get fourteen guys all open to follow into the so, game. <laughs> so, that was some—that uh, was some sneaking going on, I'll tell you. Probably yeah, right, not going stories about that there.
0: You? Uh, you wouldn't see that same result in 2020 or 2021. Oh, the security a little, a little better. Hey, <laughs> hey, look up there! Oh, Incredible. Pat, I'm looking forward to talking about it next week. Thanks so much for uh, calling in from the Golden Valley uh, Depot here.
2: All right, sir. Thank
0: you. Thanks, Pat. This has been Score North Twin Show, Roycey on baseball. He's Patrick Roycey. I'm Derek Wetmore. If you caught us on the radio, be sure to check it out on the podcast. Just search Score North Twin Show. If you're listening on the podcast, we thank you. And don't forget, we have a radio show Monday nights at 6. We'll look forward to talking more baseball and twins with you coming up soon.
1: Planning for a secure future requires sound investment advice. That's why I rely on my guy, Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold, for guidance in planning and maintaining a long-term financial strategy. This is Ricey, and I've known Josh for many years. I trust Josh and recommend him because he listens and delivers the kind of service that you'll need to feel confident about your financial future. I encourage you to get to know him the same way I did many years ago. Call Josh Arnold at 952 925-5608 925-5608 and set up your forty-eight minute no obligation consultation. Call nine five two nine two five five six oh eight. You'll always get straight talk, not sugar coated advice. Call Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold at nine five two nine two five five six oh eight. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Planning to buy a new boat this year? Glenn Perkins here from my friends at Nelson Marine. The Nelson Marine difference is about customer service and a knowledgeable team of sales and service pros. Two large showrooms filled with an impressive inventory of the best brands in the business. London Crestliner fishing boats, South Bay pontoons powered by Yamaha, Suzuki, Mercury, and
0: Evinrude. Nelson Marine has been creating happy customers for 75 years. Visit their showroom on Highway 61 in White Bear Lake online at nelsonmarine.biz.